That Taco Bell, I've never seen this ever anywhere else. At one point, they had a line of security guards, <laughs> and you would order, and the security guards would distribute the food. Like, they <laughs> I would, love that. People were so crazy <laughs> late night. I love it. <laughs> the, the cashier's like, I don't get paid enough to touch these drunks. Uh-uh. Right? Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. <laughs> and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a tale of a night that got away. This week, we'll have a focus on strangers and how they're just friends you haven't had a drink with yet. <laughs> we'll have the great Deanna Ortiz in studio to answer some questions about her stories of trusting and shitting on strangers all in the same time. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> then we'll get into some of our personal funning it up with strangers and break down the science of how alcohol actually brings us together. Making distance and going to be a little pretty impossible for drunks. And I am with the creator of Blackout Diaries, Sean Flannery, a man who drinks with strangers so much that he books them every week to perform on his live show, <laughs> usually unbeknownst to him when they show yes. up. That's my favorite part. I monetized uh, my love of strangers uh-huh. by creating this show. Uh, I get I, I, there were a lot of people in the early days. I, uh, Jonah Jerkins is like our co- main co-producer of the live yeah. show, and he's been a godsend because he's able to work with me and right. like, kind of forgive me. But there, there were a lot of like resignations with like I can't work in this environment. Like just, <laughs> a garbage truck driver just showed up and said you booked him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. But I love to do that. And I am here with C.J. Sullivan, my co-host, who mm-hmm. also shares my love of strangers, sometimes mm-hmm. misplaced, that ends up with you getting black guys from strangers you're trying to help. You're like a uh, um, a rob a rejected Robin Hood in some ways. Yeah, 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 that happened one time in San Francisco. I thought I was helping an elderly man, man named Shorty, who was in his late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> He couldn't, no one wanted to help him go home because the bar, you could tell the bar had enough of him. Like, trust me, he's yeah. here every day. He'll find his way home. Yeah. Like a, like like a, a cat. Like a barnyard cat. Like a cat that can't come inside. You exactly. Know? <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm, if someone's going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I took him, a, took him a cab home and he was all very thankful until we got to his place and he snapped out of it. And all of a sudden he forgot who I was and just started wailing on me with his cane because he thought he was going to get robbed or something. We're in a pretty bad area of the uh, Tenderloin District. <laughs> and then he gets yeah, he gave me a fucking mark. And the whole time I'm playing, Shorty, Shorty, what happened to us? What are you doing? I'm here for you, CJ. They're like, uh, you know, uh, stranger drinking relationships are like a, like a firefly. They only, they only live for one night at, at best. You know, like, like they're short-lived, important yeah. relationships. <laughs> and it doesn't take much to snap, of that, snap you yeah. out of it. Like, whoa. It's kind of like a hypnosis, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, the, when the hypnotist snaps her fingers, and you, you look around like, whoa, what, 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 how am I, why am I on this stage? Get me out of here. What was, I, was I just doing a chicken dance in front of everybody? This is ridiculous. Now, um, before we get into the Deanna Ortiz story, I want to uh, 
we have to plug. We have to. We're told we have to plug up top our, yep. you know, our socials and whatnot. And uh, you are always against this, which I love. You are. You're always against what the uh, <laughs> the people who know better, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> say. They say to plug it up top and real quick. I uh, but you can follow me on Instagram, whatever. CJ Sullivan's taken. Sean Flattery, all his uh, Twitters, and, and of course the Blackout Diaries live show every week at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, soon to be spread across the country. But you always swear that that is pointless, you know. I do because no one, no one absolutely listens to the things and then goes ahead and follows. Um, Correct through hearing, especially not at the end. But they they they've not that they do studies, but if they do, they do up, up top. Mm-hmm. And you recently had a tweet that went viral, and um, like a pretty big viral, like half a million re- likes and whatnot or whatever. And yeah. Uh, had, you know, uh, it, I think the last I checked, I I don't know which was last week. It was I think up to 15 million engagements. So 15 million people have viewed the tweet. 15 million views, mm-hmm. and the tweet's very funny. It's it's, uh, it's it's actually surprising when I saw it because it takes a lot of it's a lot of it's, it's word heavy and long. You're usually uh, those people usually don't like to work for their jokes, you know, yeah. on, on social media. They like a quick and to the house, and it's very funny. It's actually about strangers, actually, and how well, it is. One of the downsides of COVID is how we lost the casual friendships with the people you just burnt into. Exactly. The, you know, the people at barbecues, you right. know, you, you kind of know, but you kind of don't know, but you like catching up with them. They're, they're just gone. <laughs> like now you either, everyone you talk to now is a coworker or like your five most important people in your life, you know, <laughs> no like in between mom, dad, wife, <laughs> right. like best friend growing up, you know, or cause you're not going to zoom, zoom to find your drinking buddy <laughs> from 10 blocks over, you know? Yeah. What did you say in the tweet? It was a like barbecue, something else and softball game. I like when you threw softball game in it. It's so flattering. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, go down to the neighborhood softball game. Meet some <laughs> It's some buddies, you know, and uh, have a cigarette. It seems but, like a very, uh, my, very 70s to, social. But, yeah, go ahead. Go, go to get my point of it. Uh, about how none of this shit matters, and the internet is a bunch of mindless content locusts that just mm-hmm. devour everything and then move on to the next person to devour. <laughs> 15 million engagements. I got 12 new followers. 12 new followers. That's something. So you get about, for every 1 million views on the internet, you get mm-hmm. one one dedicated person out of a million. <laughs> It's like, you know what? I should support this guy. Oh, man. It does prove it. I wouldn't say it proves your theory, but it it emboldens your theory for sure. (laughs) And that's all I need. Emboldenment. Right. Because usually when uh, tweets go viral like that, if people are going to follow you, they'll go ahead and check their timeline and see, oh, is this someone worth following? Yeah. and and there's like there's like a study to that I guess. I don't study to that but a method to that we got to keep it clean you delete all the bad ones and like so okay. it looks like something I don't know I've been told this but this yeah. this is back when Twitter was a thing too yeah Twitter when it wasn't so negative people were getting writing jobs from it and shit but it always made me furious but congratulations I guess that's a thing people I'm I'm sad that that's a thing that people congratulate each other on nowadays but (laughs) congratulations on the viral tweet and also congratulations on doing absolutely nothing for you just the way you wanted so you can rub it in our faces (laughs) fully vindicated Uh, without that being said let's go to Deanna Ortiz and listen to her hilarious story in another chapter from the Blackout Diaries The strongest boy in the world. Wow. I think he just wants to 
show off that he knows how to fix it. You know, he's like, and I break it, but look at I fix it, and I put it back. Thank you. Okay, I gotta put this up next mm -hmm. to me. What if I get tired? You know, I gotta have my drink right next to Mama. Okay, good. Are you guys drinking tonight? Yeah. Woo! I am drinking. Thanks for asking. Uh, I like to do this new thing when I'm drunk. I like to go online and send myself presents in the mail. It's fun, right? Technically, that is self-care, right? Run to the mailbox in the morning. A lipstick from me, I shouldn't have. You know? <laughs> She's too good to us. After a long night of drinking, I checked my email. I bought myself non-refundable airfare. So that's the line, right? <laughs> well, that's when you have to stop. That's when you disconnect the credit card from the internet. I didn't. I kept drinking. Uh, I kept doing it. Absolutely. I didn't go anywhere fun, right? I wasn't like a beach in Florida or like an all-inclusive in Mexico. I was just drunk in my apartment. Like, we gotta go to Memphis. <laughs> so I went to Memphis. <laughs> fine. I love to drink so much that I threw up on the train. Anybody else give me a woof woof? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's good. Not a lot of people <laughs> woof to that, but that's fine. I know you guys are thinking, if it's like, I feel like if it's the middle of the night, it's just like me, like a random guy in the corner, I accidentally throw up, that's cool. <laughs> like, who is he gonna tell, <laughs> you know? This was not that situation. It was a Wednesday morning. It was a train filled with businessmen. <laughs> and I was like, let's fucking party. Um, nobody wanted to party. I was very hungover, but I told everyone on the train that I was pregnant. <laughs> bad news. Absolutely bad news. <laughs> it worked. I got a seat going downtown on a Wednesday morning. I was like, thanks so much. <laughs> we thank you <laughs> so much. I don't know if they're like, oh my gosh, morning sickness. Here, please, take my seat. Or if they're like, damn, that pregnant bitch is hungover as fuck. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's <laughs> cool. So Halloween was this past weekend. I'm going to tell you guys the craziest Halloween story. And then sadly, I also have another poop story to tell you. Um, I really didn't want it to be this kind of show, but I guess this is going to be... My name is not spelled with an S, it's spelled with a Z. Jonah? Jerkins? Oh, wow. Okay, I guess I'm done. I'm <laughs> Just when you guys are like looking for me on Instagram, it's a Z. Um, could you imagine a Latina with an S at the end? That's absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> you don't even understand, Jonah, how crazy that is. <laughs> it's just so wrong, but thanks, I guess. <laughs> anyway, Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I have this absolutely crazy memory of Halloween. I was like 19 years old, and everyone was like, what was that, yesterday? No, it was like 10 years ago. And... Me and my best friend Jackie, we had just moved to the city and we were like ready to go out. We heard of this frat party that was happening at UIC and we were ready to be like two Halloween girls. And this was like that time in your life where you like just you buy any alcohol that you can get your hands on, right? I paid $30 for a water bottle half filled with vodka. And I'm like, this is a great deal. This is an investment for my future. Um, it's a total nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So we're dressed up, we like spent all day <laughs> planning our costumes. I'm dressed up as an angel, and then she dressed up as Eve. Uh, so two sluts out on Roosevelt Avenue. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So we're like, we know where this party is. We are two Chicagoans hitting the street. We're ready to go. Half an hour later, uh, we <laughs> are very lost, but we don't know it. Uh, this car pulls up to us, and these guys lower the window and they go, you gotta get in our car right now those guys coming at you are trying to kidnap you. So we get in the car. <laughs> I know you guys are thinking, you're like, well, obviously don't
get in that car. And we're like, oh my God, they're so concerned for us. So we get in the car. Um, were there other guys coming towards us? I don't know. Our lives were in danger. We had to think quickly. Um, I forgot to mention that we uh, drink all the alcohol very quickly, but you guys kind of filled in those blanks. So now we're in this car and this guy's like, where are you going? And we said McDonald's. So he takes us to McDonald's. I get him a chicken, Jackie gets chicken nuggets and out of the corner of my ear, I hear her whispering to the chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets, I'm drunk. And just keep eating them and eating them. So this very nice man didn't murder us, although he really should have. And he takes us to the frat party. So we end up at the frat party and I immediately black out. Um, but I do have these like memories that will like flash back every now and again. You know, like when I'm doing the dishes and I just like see it, I'm like, oh God. Um, wait, I have it written down. I don't even remember them. We get in the car, we get to the party. Okay, first thing I remember, Jackie, asleep on a couch. Cool, at the frat party. Second thing, I'm dancing on a pool table. Third thing, I'm being pushed into a room because the cops are here and we can't be here dressed as sluts, drunk on a pool table. And I turn into like <laughs> a woman from the Titanic. Like it's so romantic. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere without Jackie. It's me and her together. I will not leave. Uh, I couldn't find Jackie anywhere um, because I was also trapped in a room by myself. So the next thing I'm outside running down the street, just like really like torn over my lost <laughs> friend, Jackie. I'll never see her again. I don't know what happened to her. She pops up on the side of me. Now we're both running down <laughs> Halstead together. Um, absolute madness. I get a text uh, from the guy in the car, because of course I gave him my number. <laughs> he bought me a chicken sandwich. I'm like, you're gonna need to call me later. <laughs> so the next day, uh, I get a text from this guy. And he goes, hey, uh, your friend didn't eat any of her chicken nuggets. I have eight nuggets and uh, two bottles of ranch all over the backseat of my car. <laughs> so that's my Halloween story. <laughs> that's my Halloween story. It's really good. The next is the poop story, and it's also very good. Um, so I know everyone's like, she's so likable. How could we hate her? Give me a second. <laughs> um, for a lot of my college, early 20s, and when I was in high school and maybe a couple weeks ago, I would, <laughs> I used to abuse laxatives in an effort to lose weight. It's not fun, it's not cool. Oh, it's okay, I'm great. <laughs> but when people hear that, they go, oh my God, does that work? No, it does not work. What it does make you do is shit your pants a lot. <laughs> and I would just do it all the time that I got to know like this, what would happen. There's always like a one, two, three. The first thing, your stomach would cramp really hard. And then, you would shit a lot quickly. And then the third thing is that you just like would never lose weight, but that's fine. Um, so anyway, so I used to be able to manipulate them of like, oh, if I'm going out on the town with my friends, of course I'm gonna take a laxative in the morning. I wanna be fresh with my girls at night. Uh, <laughs> and, and I know that I say it and it sounds crazy, but also in my head, I'm like, but of course. <laughs> but but there's no other way to be, you know? So I feel like we all have this friend 
And it might be the same friend. Uh, we all have a friend that like when you go out to a bar, they know every bartender. Or they're like, oh, we got to go to this place. I know the person working the door, and you just skip the door. Mine is called Cassie, and I feel like we might have the same Cassie. Because one time I did this show, and I talked about Cassie, and someone came up to me afterward and was like, is this Cassie? And I was like, that's Cassie. Um, so Cassie's wild. I get a text from Cassie, and she's like, let's get drunk tonight. And I'm like, for sure. So I uh, take a laxative. And nothing <laughs> Nothing happened, which is bogus, too. Sometimes you would take them, and then nothing would happen. But do a collapse, it says that it's like tw 12 hours, and then it's 12 hours later, and it's like, this is a different issue that I have with them that we're working through on emails right now. But um, it's like, you know, like <laughs> stick to your marketing. I don't know, you know? But sometimes it wouldn't work. That's what I'm trying to say, is that sometimes it wouldn't work. And so it just didn't work. And I was like, okay, well, those are the breaks. I'm still going out with my friends. Uh, so me and Cassie go out to Lily's Bar in, uh, on Lincoln Avenue, right? They have Long Island shots and it's like, or not Long Island, they have Long Islands that's like 17 shots for like six bucks in one drink. So we start with those, <laughs> obviously. Why would we do anything else? Uh, so we're drinking Long Islands and then we take the Long Island ferry to Boys Town. <laughs> um, it's a really quick ride, absolutely so much fun. So we end up in Boys Town and we meet these guys and of course, one of them smitten with me. How could you not be? And I know it's, they're visiting from out of town. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll go back to your hotel room. This is gonna be great. So we go back to his hotel room. We start hooking up and I know what you guys are thinking, but I didn't shit in his mouth. It's fine. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Everybody can relax. But the thing is we're hooking up and I can feel the laxative start to work. Which is bogus, like I said, 12 hours, stick to your marketing. It's been almost a whole day, all right? So we, uh, we hook up, we finish hooking up. Great for him, fine for me. <laughs> and we fall asleep and I am awoken in the middle of the night because there's, it has begun. <laughs> Because step two has begun. So I think, okay, I <laughs> fight or flight right now. I either, <laughs> oh Lord, okay. <laughs> uh, I either leave and risk shitting in a taxi or I shit in this hotel room and then have him wake up to this, which is like, no. So I left. Um, I left and then, and then that's just, a, uh, I ended up shitting in the alley on uh, <laughs> Madison and Halstead. But when I got home, Jonah, I washed my fucking hands, all right? Let's get one thing straight. God, that is just like a fun, quick story of how I learned that hotels have public bathrooms in them. Yeah. They're on like the second or third floor. Like anybody can use them. Well, I didn't know that then. Now I know that now. You think my first option, I was like, yeah, I see those bathrooms. I'm getting into the alley. Um, absolutely not. I just think about him sometimes because he went to bed and there was a woman in the bed. And then he woke up and there was something very different in the bed. I like to think... <laughs> someone says, ew. Uh, I like to think that... Uh, he thought it was him, and then I woke up and I was like, I can't do this, and then I left. Um, I just sleep better at night because of it, you know? All right, that's me. Thank you so much. Give it up for Jonah Jerkin.
And we are back at the Blackout Diaries as the hilarious Deanna Ortiz, who is now with us in the studio. Deanna, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Your stories are always, you're a regular at the live show, uh, yeah. once again, every Friday at 10 p.m., and you always just absolutely murder at that show. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there was a time where like I never wanted to tell crazy stories or I would only do them at like secret telling shows where like the mm -hmm. audience was like pledged to an oath of silence. But now I'm just like, who cares? <laughs> I'm so exhausted. Who cares? Let's just well, tell my secrets. <laughs> There's nothing more secret than this podcast. No one will be hearing this. <laughs> and be broadcasting. Now, about. do you feel, though, because it's interesting. Uh, there used to be a show in Chicago called I Shit You Not that was only yeah. stories of shitting uh, people shitting their pants. Yeah. And uh, I did it once. And I was like, to be honest, I was really flabbergasted at the success of it and just how many people were like, dude, I uh, like people I've known for years right. would come up to me and they'd be like, oh, I heard you on that podcast. Dude, I shit myself like twice a year. Easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it I wonder is if so this crazy. is. That's ahead. a Monty yeah. Lamont show, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, get, I was, I was going to say, who books that? Actually, <laughs> I love do you get though? Like, do how people come up afterwards? Like, do 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 we underestimate how often this all happens because we don't talk about it? Who books that shit show? <laughs> I'd love an opportunity. I'd love an opportunity to shine. Um, it does always surprise me after um, any show like Blackout Diaries or like Ladylike or shows where you're just talking about disgusting stuff where people are just like, yeah, actually me too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's, I would never go up to a stranger and be like, we have this disgusting thing in common. I would just be like, we're not talking about that. Um, but it does always surprise me. I mean, it is kind of nice. The drinking aspect of it, especially at a show like Blackout Diaries where, it's just like the vibe is so calm and chill and like everybody is like all in it together that like we can all be like, oh, my God, I had 20 Long Islands the other day and I ended up in this place and this place. And everyone's like, yeah, we all know we have we've all been there. All right. It's, yeah. it's funny you mentioned this. You wouldn't say that to a stranger, but uh, yeah, <laughs> your stories are very stranger uh, themed. And that is kind of the theme of our show. Uh, today. You go through the gauntlet, I think, of the strangers. The first one. <laughs> Was just the the, uh, the you opened up with the uh, vomiting on the train in the morning, which oh, yeah. I love, which I love, which are of course are strangers. The train is a yes. general strangers, yeah. and you did a very clever thing of saying you were pregnant to uh -huh. announce them <laughs> to justify, yeah, you know that. And uh, I, I I like I like claiming that you're pregnant to justify the vomiting while smelling like booze, though. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be like, don't, don't you worry about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah, I think we started as strangers on the red line, but then we ended a family together. Oh, <laughs> we ended up closer than anybody would have expected. That's very sweet. Have you used that before, the pregnant line? Just to uh, justify, just to defy any secretions or anything coming out. <laughs> so just like any behavior. I mean, that's. Kind of, I that, should actually. That's a good I, ace. That's a good I ace in the it. hole. Yeah, that I, like I can I can utilize. Not a lot of people can, but uh, you know I haven't used that since. Uh, I think that. that's a great just using any kind of um, bodily. Like I could say, I'm sorry, I I'm in chemo or like I'm yeah, cancer, exactly. You know? like we, just, we, you, everyone <laughs> should have something in their pocket ready yeah. to pull out. We should lie more. <laughs> it is funny like to think of something that's not pregnancy related to be like oh i'm like sneezing or something like i'm so sorry i'm, I'm so pregnant i can't can't hand, i can't control myself <laughs> i do like that self-diagnosis though sean too like, i could have it who knows you know i could have some poor some disease in my pores i don't know i don't know but here i am on this bus breathing on everybody right. on the yeah. bus <laughs> 
But then it gets I to love, the uh, I love the part, uh, your story about the dude who pulls up. Yeah. Like, again, speaking of strangers. That's amazing. I just think it's the most hilarious move where he's like, <laughs> get in my car. I, trust me, somebody's following <laughs> you. Because you know? it's also like, at this point in time, I was like, I just come to Chicago from the suburbs and like, you know, no one's trying, no one's trying to, hurt, I mean, maybe someone's trying to hurt me in the suburbs, but like, you know, just not, I wasn't as naive as I think I was, but it is just kind of funny to be like, well, sure. You know. Yeah. Looking <laughs> back, it's not as good. And that like, was, we were all was... in the <laughs> campus, college campuses. So like, it's, it seems like, well, they're all young, hot you know, young people like me. Why would sure. anybody? You know, it's not like we were in Chicago, which we were. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. The context of it and the time, I was like, "Well, this makes sense." But now looking back, I'm like, "I am being kidnapped." That was a Halloween night, right? Yeah. For yeah. the story, and there was one of him and two of you. Yeah. Yeah. See, that makes it be- that makes it better. I can see why you that guys to hop in there. <laughs> Yeah, and, like we were like, well, we can take him together. Yeah, <laughs> don't and worry. He, and he had a great line of like, someone's trying to kidnap you. Let me save your life. Hop in here. You guys yeah. jump in there, and you immediately go to McDonald's, a safe yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's trying to take us to this party, and we were like, on the way. All right. <laughs> let's, sure. Let's get something together. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no way a kidnapper would tail you into the McDonald's <laughs> parking lot for sure. <laughs> Also, I think that's another thing of like, if this guy was trying to kidnap us, he wouldn't stop and give us a treat. You know, he wouldn't, he'd be like, we have a plan to stick to. I need to get you to the, you know. That's a good point. Right. Because kidnappers never use food to lure young people into a van or their vehicle. Right. (laughs) I've learned nothing. Chicken McNuggets Uh, are the adult candy. (laughs) Let's roll. Okay. That is, uh, <laughs> those McDonald's was that so? Was that a, the McDonald's down by UIC? Mm, yeah, Elston. That I Elston love, McDonald's. Um, McDonald's that are in locate. Like, oh, I used okay. to live in Wrigleyville, and yes. there used to be a McDonald's right across, right across from Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious to go there, like, after 11 p.m. It was open 24 hours, mm-hmm. and um, it just like it was almost like a like a trans, like like those transformers, like it like transformed into a bunker at 11 p.m. Like <laughs> yeah. they, had a, they had a separate entrance. They that had a, vest- wasn't a vestibule. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was this vestibule, right. like 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 we were cattle, like we mm-hmm. couldn't break anything, you know. Yeah. And it had a separate menu, like a different menu comes down for a late night menu. Yeah, and yeah. it had like <laughs> hilarious, like like things that can't be approved by corporate, like like the quadruple whopper, <laughs> things that only like a drunk right. person would. Oh my god. It was so funny. That is good. Yeah. I, I, that McDonald's also was like always like a perpetual state of like beige. Like it was just like the yes. oldest McDonald's in the world yes. somehow. And now it's like in, a, they they tore it down, they built the hotel there. And now there's a McDonald's in that hotel and it's like from the future. Right. It it's funny. It couldn't they have put, been. And they put it there just because drunks were angry. They were taking away their McDonald's. Like, I was fine, living. We'll, fine. We'll put one in, you know. And the, the Taco Bell across there. the street. How of fucking course. dare you? Right now. Absolutely. That Taco <laughs> Bell was, hel- that Taco Bell, I've never seen this ever anywhere else. At one point, they had a line of security guards, <laughs> and you would order, and the security guards would distribute the food. Like, they <laughs> I love that. People were so crazy <laughs> late night. I love it. <laughs> the, the cashier's like, I don't get paid enough to touch these drunks. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let's hire outside security. Yeah, it was like a there grocery was store always... in Israel or something. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no, there's, like, not that 
you know, like late night Ubers definitely are like going into the drive through, whatever. And that there's not a lot of places where if you're like in a cab going home to be like, can you stop for me? Or if you're in a stranger's car going somewhere to be like, hey, let's stop somewhere without getting out of the fucking car. And it was that yeah. Taco mm. Bell and the McDonald's in Wrigleyville like yep. yeah. cemented me. <laughs> It was uh, you would look at that drive through lane, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, before Lyft and Uber, it would be like 10 taxis in a row. Yeah. Just like, like five drunk girls in the back, five right. drunk dudes in the back. Yeah. You know? Nothing like taking a cab through a drive through lane and making the driver order for you. <laughs> like, you're, like you're in the back of a uh, drunk limo. And then the best is, do you want something? You can get something. if Yeah. You- have it on Treat us. Yourself. Come on. I'm going to get you a taco. You're working hard. So embarrassing. <laughs> CJ, do you remember the time where you and I were in line with your wife? This is back when you and your wife were drinking. And uh, there was like a fight or something it ahead was, of us. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve, I believe. It was it? I oh, think it was New Year's Eve. Aaron like wanted to escape, but mm-hmm. like <laughs> he was like trying to get out through the window, but <laughs> You and I thought like we would never see her again or something. I don't know. It was like right. A she crazy wanted to go on situation. foot to go back home, which is like a mile, you know, miles it was from <laughs> yeah. Addison all the way to diversity. We right. We, yeah. Exactly. But she turned out to be right because she she because she saw the chaos that was in front of us. Yeah. Like we're never getting out of here. Our only our only chance to escape is through this window <laughs> and to run on foot and to leave our vehicle. <laughs> And she was like that. What's that uh, Greek mythology? Who was that woman who like always? Cl- no one believed her. She always claims the future. Like, Isn't uh, it Cassandra? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just claiming at the end of the world, but didn't she turn out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She turned out to be right. She beat us home, even though it was on foot. So she left, and you were like, "We'll see you there." She, she, there was no stopping her. Yeah, yeah, she just ran out the window, got out the window, and took Amazing. off down the streets of Chicago. Amazing. And here we were stuck in the drive-through at. Uh, Oh my Taco god! Bell that's good. Ringing in. You can't like you're you're in it together. When the drive-through line, that is the problem. When the drive-through line yes. breaks down, nothing mm-hmm. can be done because there's always like some <laughs> drunk guy coming in the rear. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, like in you theory, can't. you guys could all back out together. Yeah, but but like there's always people trying to come in. No. Right. So it's impossible. Yeah. So once you're know. backed in, there's no backing out of it. There's no backing out of there. You got those curb things, and you can. They have those poles exactly for those yeah. reasons. So because you're of people just in can't. A kill box. Yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere to go. You have to wait. You've committed yeah. to the line, truly. Yeah. Speaking of drunk food, Deanna, you have a cooking drunk cooking show. Yes, I do. Drunk cooking show on Instagram. Uh, I am in the process of recording more episodes, but we have like four episodes out right now where I just get drunk and cook in my apartment. So <laughs> you awesome. are drunk when you cook it. Yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. That's, that's what everybody asks. They're like... You're not really drunk when you. I'm like, no, I am. I oh, really don't think that I'd be able to fake it. Fake, yeah, I can't fake that shit. Yeah, no, I, I listened to a couple episodes and yeah. I, I was pretty convinced you were drunk. So, uh, and it was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, because yeah, my mom too. She because she'll watch it and like I live alone, so it's like there's nobody to help me <laughs> if I get <laughs> really into. She's like, you're that's that's fake, right? Yeah, that's fake. What? You're not really doing it. Like, no, I am. What is some advice? Because I feel like drunk cooking for the average person usually goes terribly when you mm-hmm. come home, you know, mm-hmm. like you put a pizza in the oven, you forget about it. Like yeah. you're woken up to fire alarms, yep. you know, what, what is, so you're, you're using tablespoons when you should be using teaspoons. Like what yeah. would, what would your advice be to our listeners out there that might want to cook when drunk? Like, how do you, like, do you keep it simple? Yeah. What do you do? Totally. Yeah. So it's like, 
to if you want to cook yourself, like if you're like, I don't have, you know, because always plan A is like, let's run to 7-Eleven and get a pizza or something like that. But if you're like, I actually want to cook here with my own two hands, whatever. Uh, for me, at least, I because I started filming the show, whatever, I have an idea of what I want to do. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Pasta, super easy. In terms of like safety. Uh, the little amount of knives you can use, and I also use an <laughs> induction burner, so there's no fire, um, is like, in my opinion, the safest thing. But maybe that's not an option for a lot of people. Uh, just to like m- have things have things be easy, right? Pasta, mm-hmm. you know, a quick like sauce or whatever that you put on top of it. If you're gonna bake something, set some reminders on your phone. Baking, set an alarm. wow. Tell, that's, tell Alexa. No, yeah, like not that's like baking ambitious. the desserts. Yeah, <laughs> but like to put something in the oven real quick. If you're making like, I think I did like pizza bagels one time and I had to like let yes. the cheese melt in the oven. And I, instead of like setting an alarm, I just sat in front of the oven. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> at least now I know I won't forget. Everything <laughs> starts as a derivative of a grilled cheese when you're drunk. <laughs> like some kind of yeah. formation of that. Then it could, then it could be a pizza bagel, whatever. But like, yeah. What? Do, you, do you ever try to invent new foods when you're, when you're drunk cooking? Um, not really. I think it's kind of it'll. I'll have an idea and then be like, you know what would be so good with this? <laughs> like <laughs> more salt, or <laughs> like yeah. oh, I sh- I have these vegetables. I I never eat vegetables. I should eat these vegetables today, and then I'll just like throw it all, and it just becomes like a big pot of mush that you're just like, I'm a chef. I'm a chef. What are you gonna <laughs> do? I'm a genius. And there's one time, <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. I was at my friend's house. Uh, this was like when I was underage drinking, sorry, mom, but uh, we were all at this house and we really wanted potatoes, but we didn't know like how to make potatoes. And so my friend Christine just like goes over and she starts like chopping potatoes and then putting them in a pot. And then she's just adding things like we don't even know what's in it. She's just throwing (laughs) spices in there. And then we just let it cook, I guess. And then we come back like 20 minutes later and they were the best potatoes in the world. You're kidding. And we were, and then the next day we woke up and we we're like, were they? <laughs> were yeah. they the best or are we absolutely drunk out of our minds? Because we we're like well, eating them ever... out of the pot. Like this is so good. What? It, what? It, we'll never be able to recreate this. I imagine. Like, yeah, I imagine the key to drunk cooking is also drunk eating and drunk tasting. <laughs> oh, fully. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all have the experience of some late night eatery we went to. Like we'd get like heroes or mm-hmm. burritos, some place mm-hmm. we loved when drunk. The first time and only time you ever ate there sober, you're like, oh, my God, this actually sucks. <laughs> yeah. This is disgusting. You're like, did they change the recipe? What's going on here? <laughs> this burrito's different. Yeah. And I always try and, like, re- recreate stuff that I normally would, like, get from, like, a late night place. Like, I did a fish sandwich, which was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> then I also did, mm-hmm. like, nachos, which is also super easy to just, like put in the microwave but then you're like cutting a bunch of things and putting them on top and having it be fun but yeah easy simplicity is key when you're drunk and trying to maneuver a kitchen (laughs) all right fair enough what's your go-to uh like if you're coming home from the bars and you want to get something to eat what's your what's your fit like my my personal Mm -hmm. i i believe the one food that just tastes absolutely so much better when you're drunk than sober is a hero that's yeah. mine. You know, like I, I, I almost won't eat them sober, even though I do still like them. Like yeah. the way they taste when I'm drunk is, is from the where though? Cause that's always the problem. I'm like, I always go Mexican food because it's the thing that's mm-hmm. open. 
Yeah, and it's pretty consistent. Like Mexican food is almost always good. Yeah, in Chicago at least. Mm-hmm. Chicago, Chicago, people sleep on Chicago for Mexican food, but it's pretty, uh, yeah. pretty great. Yeah. I, what yeah. was yours, CJ? You don't really drink anymore, <laughs> but what was yours? No, yeah. Well, well breakfast, of course, is always a oh yeah, that's always true. a key. Anytime yeah. you can go to a diner and slam some things around, and uh, so good, like right. the IHOP or a yes. golden nugget. I think Sean, you always said pancakes are only are always best right at that hour before the sun comes up. Yes, and your dress that is a hundred. I have always said that. And your dress for me, I eat pancakes the same hours like people fish at. You know, like I will only eat it right before (laughs) dawn. I won't do it any other way. And you're almost dressed the same, but it's actually usually (laughs) in a formal wear. That's kind of like destroyed. Yeah, I love it when you'd go to IHOP and people would come home from like a wedding, like Mm -hmm. come back from a reception, and they're wearing like tuxedos and really expensive, and they're just (laughs) eating omelets, shoving omelets into their face. That is good. I know it always feels so like I think I've done that once or twice, but there's that uh, there's a perfect time to go to like a late night diner. But I'm yes. always mm-hmm. trying to go at like between like new- midnight and two a.m., which feels too early to me. Yeah, you gotta, but you gotta hit that magic hour before that rush comes over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a swinging scene. I'm like. Uh, <laughs> Send a hash brown over to another table as like it's like it's like the new sending a drink over. You yeah, know? it's like it's <laughs> almost like a pain. second. Yeah, it's almost like a happy hour. Like people exactly. me- are meeting right. each other. You have like like totally different ages <laughs> and backgrounds. It's awesome. That is so funny. But, um, going back to the story though, of the stranger and at McDonald's though, mm-hmm. and, uh, he called you. He texted you back because you gave him his number. I like that. Mm-hmm. First of all, I like how he dropped you off at that frat party, even though he was worried about you getting kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. We'll jump two drunk girls off at a random. At a, I've done my good deed for the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you ever talk to him again? And first of all, the shame on your friend for not eating those nuggets in the back. I mean, I think it was also like that was the saddest part of the story. I I don't know if I said this in the story, but she I just kind of look at her and she goes, "Chicken nugget, I'm drunk." So I think yeah. she had oh, all the best I intentions s- to eat them, <laughs> and was just each time missing. Yes. And she's like, eventually one of these ten will make it in. That makes uh, sense. You did say that in the story. That makes oh, yeah. sense. No. Like she was, she was letting the nuggets down. Yeah, she was like, she I was can't disappoint I, the nuggets. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want to be able to eat you, but I can't right now. Right. Um, but no, I never talked to him again. I never talked to you. So you After you, that, you, I think you, you try and hit me with like a cleaning fee. Oh, is that what he gave you? That's. Funny. I don't think so, but it's just I no, I didn't. I didn't never talk to him. Again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, then we move into the last part of the uh, stranger story, the the creme de la, the laxatives. Mm-hmm. So, amazing. And that's when you went. Um, first of all, the one question I have to bring up that, that you can literally audibly hear the audience ask the question. When you said you're taking laxatives, obviously, for weight loss, it's a 12-hour thing. But you said yeah. you had a great quote. You go, I'll t- take one in the morning, so I'll be fresh with my girls at night. <laughs> <laughs> What is all of that meaning? What is that? What is any of it? What is all of it? Give me everything. You know, um, okay, so it's like, <laughs> you know, like, just to feel like there is, it's some, I mean, it is fucked up. I will say, everybody listening, don't do it. It's like a bad thing. You will fuck up your digestion. You'll fuck up mm-hmm. your body. It doesn't work. You just look like a fucking idiot. Um, but 
it's like in your brain that feeling of like, oh, I'm so thin now. Like, oh, <laughs> my body is completely empty, and let me put on this, oh, this the see. tightest pants I can have, and uh, that kind of feeling of like, I guess I'm unstoppable. I have no bloat. <laughs> I understand. You'll be you'll be feeling your thinnest self going. Out yeah, and I'll be red. You. Like no one can tell me no. Like I'm unstoppable right, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's all mentally <laughs> feeling fresh and so clean. <laughs> <laughs> to say it now at like and the sun is out and we're talking about my this set versus like late night at the lodge <laughs> when I'm doing it I'm like I have an issue I need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing and, and, and I love that you left it in the bed. And- <laughs> He must have woke up thinking you gave quite a review of his performance <laughs> of just <laughs> she's gone and then she left the gift behind. Yeah, yeah, that I try not to think about that too much. It is kind of like uh, it is funny that like there was obviously no contact after that. But mm-hmm. it is funny to right. think like what he thought was going to happen. Like if there was like, wait, I, I scared her away. Like if it was him or me, Um it's just so funny to like break that down step by step of like him yeah. afterwards being like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's so bad. <laughs> it's so tragic. He might have thought it was his. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, you maybe know? he just assumed he should. Right? I hope and he does. Took off. <laughs> I yeah. hope he does. Every, I really do. Until he saw the remnants in the alley outside. Now, <laughs> wait a minute. This was definitely not me. And I, this when is did the I same brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, even if he knew it was uh, you, mm-hmm. there, there, like, I actually defend a lot of people for like ghost goodbyes because, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, some of these goodbyes aren't pleasant for either party. Sure, <laughs> no, of yeah. course. So, like, just ghost, you know, sometimes yeah. just ghost. And, and that and is, he, yeah. And he's never going to send you that text. Hey, why did you leave? You know why I fucking left. Exactly. Why I left is right next to you. Yeah. And then it would be funny if he did tell that to be like, you know what you did. Just completely gaslight him. It's all you, bro. I'm actually, I'm a delicate flower. I've never done that a day in my life. (laughs) And how dare you assume that I would. Um, Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, Ortiz. Fantastic (laughs) job of shitting, vomiting, and McNuggeting. Thank you. Stay on the Blackout Diaries. And once again, why don't you tell everyone where you can see where you can see the Drunk Cooking Show. Is it your personal Instagram or is it the name of the show? No, it's on uh, my Instagram, Deanna Ortiz underscore. And if you just click on the Instagram TV little section right at the top, it'll take you over there. Oh, nice. Anything else you want to tell the uh, wide world of audience about where you can find you? Besides yeah. that, the Blackout Diaries shows in Chicago? Yeah, and I'm at the Lodge uh, maybe every uh, almost every Friday and Saturday night. I teach classes there if you guys want to take a stand-up class. Yes. Uh, oh, cool. And I also have a podcast called Crushes where we talk about celebrity crushes, crushes you have on everyday people, like bartenders or baristas. And it's oh, really nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. You name names on that? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's celebrities. But if uh-huh. we do have like a, uh, like, oh, my God, there's such a hot bartender at this place on you know Montrose and whatever then yeah. we call them out absolutely yeah and bring them on I'm sure they were making it. connections <laughs> nice yeah. and then and then shit in their bed yeah absolutely well thank you so much for joining us Deanna we really appreciate it thanks so much for having me guys Ortiz with a Z thank you very much <laughs> we'll be back with more Blackout Diaries And we're back. That was Deanna Ortiz, CJ Sullivan, and myself back at the Blackout Diaries. We are talking 
about strangers and how your relationship with them sometimes gets closer as you drink, CJ. And it turns out scientists agree. Yes, the uh, the study that we are on read that um, this is from the Daily Mail on UK. It's from, is the article from the Daily Mail? The study was actually from uh, my own University of Illinois here in my hometown state. Right, um, not the drinking university. Not to be confused with that. Yeah, which, which you uh, mentioned in your drink drunk science show. But uh, the, the study concluded that quote social distancing really does go out the window when you're drunk. Strangers yeah. who drink alcohol together draw physically closer to each other as they become more intoxicated. Right, we could have told you that. So, so <laughs> strange. This is this tells you how alcohol makes strangers into friends and how we just get. Yeah, we always get on top of each other. And yeah, so, and so they basically uh, the point of this article was an attempt to tell mm-hmm. Boris Johnson don't reopen the pubs because the idea <laughs> that we will stay six foot away inside the pubs is, is, is there's no way that's actually going to happen. I love I love looking at just some of the highlights of this. The researchers compared the effects of alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks on distancing between friends and strangers. <laughs> yeah, no one's hugging each other after a Sprite. Five like, duels. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, uh, club soda. Then there's an arm around another guy <laughs> coming around in here. I love you. I yeah. Mean, how have we never gotten this close before? Tonic downwind, will you please, for Christ's sakes? <laughs> Oh man, so this is great. So that 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 is funny when they, because uh, the bars are still in the process of that, where it's not majority of the country, it's full on, but like some like these cities, they spread out the tables, yeah. they keep it winded, and uh, they do. That I think that's why like a lot of those are um, like they'll put time limits on these people drinking because like after a couple hours they're going to be on top of each other. So I, I like that. Keep it moving, have your drinks, and just get out of here because you're not going to be able to help yourself. <laughs> Just, you're just right. all going to be having at each other, you know, just touching it's each so other. It's so weird. I'm looking at this picture of this article, too, of the, everyone, like, toasting a shot, you know, and they're all just happy, whatever. It's not a stage photo, but, like, all the, like, the arms intertwined with each other, laughing and hitting glasses. I always love that. People get angry, too, like, when you cheer somebody and you don't touch their glass. Like, you know, like if you're too far away, yes. you know? Yeah. Like, hey, touch my glass, touch my glass. Which can become an... Yeah, it can become right. annoying in a big group because you got like you know like fifteen different <laughs> glasses going in there, and I don't know if I necessarily touched every. But you'll be like, whoa, 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 Flannery! Yeah, and someone you didn't get you me. Know. Okay, I mean it's about the acknowledgement. That's why you you put it up. This isn't an orgy here. <laughs> We're fucking each other, okay? <laughs> this wasn't right. like an affront. It's just hands on hands. <laughs> So, all right, so how does this work? How does alcohol bring us together besides inhibitions? So the study essentially says that it doesn't matter how far you stay apart. You basically – it happens slowly. Like after each beer, you just get a little bit mm-hmm. closer. It's almost like like magnets or gravity <laughs> or something like that. And you don't know – they said that's why it's so difficult mm-hmm. with uh, – Social distancing, you're not aware. So, like, at the end of the night, you're just holding each other. <laughs> but you don't have any awareness that that was different than right. how you started the night. Like, you kind of think, like, we've been doing this the whole time, right? It's like, no, you were in That's that hilarious, table right? You started over there and now you're minutes ago. just groping each other. But think, how many times have you sat down? At, like, like, I feel airport bars, at least pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. were the best at this, like, I, I airport airport bars airport is like the absolute. Sort of over- I mean, one of the best 
bar, just bar, bars in general. The, the whole vibe of it is amazing. Yep. Whole vibe. Everyone's on vacation. You're, you're leaving, home you're or going, going home. No you know, one like, cares like, about your background story. It's assumed you're going to get out exactly. of there. You know, you know, it's like, there's just yes. not, there's none of that. Like, I would. Seriously, when I was drinking, I would drive to airports just for the pre nine eleven. We like to always date that pre nine eleven in a simpler oh, time. I would go to an air going to an airport mm-hmm. bar like in Pittsburgh. When I went to college at Pittsburgh, it's amazing great. airport. First of all, it, and and they're always small enough because you know the airports are so every there's space is such a you know a, yeah a, you know it's so valuable there that they're small so. Like you'll say something to your wife or your buddy or the bartender, and and a person on the other end of the bar over. Yes. Oh, you're from the, Chicago. You know what brings you down to Tampa? How many times have you been asked at an airport? Uh-huh. Bar, Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> like like after your second beer, you're just fucking face to face with these people. You know, it's, it's so accepted. You never have to ask like you know is someone sitting here because it's usually an individual stool, yeah. empty stool. Just sit right, you, down you sit right on down. Put your luggage yeah. there. There's no judgment. Like you could be drinking at 9 a.m. Who knows where I could be coming from? It might be it might be 8, 8 p.m. in my head you know i could be flying in from fucking europe yeah. and so like th- that's why i always i always like the always the open hours of it all the time it's awesome but now i'm looking at this study this is so funny first of all we lo- i love that that's just a- all right let's get this experiment in there <laughs> they had 212 young healthy social drinkers in total assigned to different experimental conditions i, lo- I just want to get these things together half the half the cases they drank with friends and the other half, they drank with a perfect stranger, as they say, a friend of another participant. They were assigned to consume either alcohol or non-alcohol. The team gave those in experimental condition enough alcohol to bring their blood alcohol levels to intoxication. <laughs> what a great study all in all. Just to watch, to be a part of. <laughs> what do you think? Because you can't tell them what you're right. studying, right? You know, Because that, that affects the study. So all these people are hearing, like, hey, would you like to be mm-hmm. part of a study at the University of <laughs> Illinois where we're going to give you beer? But all you know is you're just sitting in a room <laughs> right. with this fucking stranger on another table. And you're just, both of you are pounding fucking brewskis. And, and there's probably just a billion cameras. And it's like, what are they looking to see? Like, are, like, are we going to fuck? Are yeah. we going to fight? Like, what are they? <laughs> it's funny. So what they came up with is friends draw close to one another drinking alcohol or not usually. And that makes sense. But strangers yeah. only did it if they drank, if they were intoxicated. But they, but they acted just like yeah. friends. Um, yeah, and, but exactly. it's so funny. I'm actually going to look at the pictures of this uh, study here. They're using geometry or whatever, and like, <laughs> and like drawing line segments of, of, like, of the body. Like you can see how the arm moves this way and the shoulders move this way, and, and it's just them being in drunk slouch positions. And like, <laughs> well, it's also hilarious too. I love I love reading drunk studies because it's like, listen, I could have taken you eggheads <laughs> to a bar, and we just take a photo of the bar at right. 7 p.m. and we take a photo of the bar at 2 a.m. and there's your study, you know. Because everyone is like straight up dry humping each other at 2 a.m. You ever be with someone who's got like security like, footage of like a bar like on their phone? Because I have those apps now, like with a bar owner. Like, I know we oh, do yeah, like yeah. Nolan, and uh, I was just at a comedy mm-hmm. club last, like uh, in Edmonton last week, where they own a bunch of clubs. And like, like, yeah, here, here, like, watch. We predict who's going to be with who drinking. You pull up the phone, like, and you pull up the phone and just yeah. looking, looking at surveillance of a bar. Some of the funniest shit. Like, I mean, it's it's some of the best silent films you will ever see in your life. And like, you can predict what's going to happen. Like, like you said, you don't need you don't need a yeah. study for this. It's so hilarious. Well, you have uh, your own personal story, CJ, of that whole thing where drinking 
made a stranger from an entirely different part of the world. Best Case in point, Sean, as we like to say, yeah. that uh, drinking is the international language. I was up in, uh, we were up in Napa Valley one time, and we were up there, and we um, did, you know, the wine tour. We did, uh, we did one of those. Yeah, there those are, are great. You got a bus. It's with amazing. Some other so it's a limo tour kind of a thing. So you would, I don't mean to say limo. It's not, you know, like a, obviously yeah. it's like a, like a, well, mine was like, I, I did the same thing with my wife. Absolutely loved it. It was like the school bus mm-hmm. they take special. Yeah, needs yeah, kids yeah. That's what it basically it. is. Like so it was like eight, like I think it was yeah. like 12 people or eight people. I think it was like eight people or something. Like okay. A couple couples, us, and then there's, uh, ones we became best friends with. And I mean best friends, still friends with Facebook, comments on theirs was this uh, Japanese couple who didn't speak one word of English and we didn't speak one <laughs> word of Japanese <laughs> and just doing the tours of the wineries. We, I and mean, we got absolutely hammered and we, <laughs> and we went, we had dinner with them that night, you know, like they, they still comments on it. Like they're in photography and the best is like they comment, Still, like today on Facebook, like I'll, I'll, you know, I'm promoting a show in whatever <laughs> in Chicago or a joke, yeah. and he'll, he'll laugh like, but not translate it at all, and just type it in all Japanese. But anyway, we become great friends, and but we turned on this one couple who wanted to steer the tour towards a winery that they that they had like a certificate for, and we're like, oh fuck you, you know, like come on, let's follow the thing, and and uh, and it was well, that's the, I mean, that's the flip side of drinking right. with strangers, right? It, it's, you can get as close or you get close, but sometimes that close, mm-hmm. it's volatile. Yeah, and it was, so, yeah, exactly. And, and only, when I found out, the only way to stay, remain happy is not to use words at all. Just drinks and photographs. And, I mean, we had like we had like a roll of pictures of like like the end of the, the end credits of the movie Hangover, you know, We're like, how did he get off? Oh, remember that? You know, like sticking the head through the limo, drinking, chugging a bottle of wine as a joke in the wineries, you know, we're buying each other different wine drinks and, um, yeah, I'll never forget uh, Akasi, I think his name is. That's amazing. Dear, 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 dear friend, friend still, I mean, still, uh, well, <laughs> we made plans. We made plans to meet up, obviously. We always do that, of course. It's through uh, yeah. Japan. Like, well, we're over there. You know, you got to do it. And, like, I think she, I think she did have a daughter that translated. That's what it was. She had a daughter that translated, like, the doodle hookups. But, like, it was never, like, actual dialogue she would like come to us two yeah, ways later yeah. hey you know maybe eventually that, that's how we got each other's names to become friends on facebook but um <laughs> yeah that was uh only done through via alcohol that's awesome and i remember speaking of uh strangers we you know we get a lot of stories on the blackout diaries um about like you know maybe people like planning with strangers right. at a bar let's all go here let's go there uh one of my favorite kinds of stories, which we've had a few times, and one was was done by a, a friend of mine, Jeff, and at the time he was at uh, University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But one one negative way to meet strangers yeah. when you're drinking is when you wake up in the wrong right. <laughs> that's that's a very common yeah. like headline drug there. story. A lot of times with celebrities, you really roll in the dice. Like, boy, I hope this guy's cool. <laughs> Like that, like I think that could be your only game plan when you realize you woke up on the some some guy's waking you up on the couch. Yeah, like, you have to you have to think quickly. Like, well, I, this. It, it's also it, it's one of the biggest examples of white privilege. Yeah. You know, like like when people debate about whether white privilege. You know, if you have white friends who say it's not real, it's like okay, right. well, listen. Every white guy I know has a story about drunkenly falling asleep. For in the sure, absolutely. <laughs> not a single black person I know has that kind of I story. I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a reason yeah, why. For sure. You know? 
Because like when I like if I wait the way I look, you know, I look like a mm-hmm. businessman who's drunk. They're gonna be like, oh well, he's clearly not trying to rob us. <laughs> you know, he's just one too many. But my buddy Jeff, uh, you know, this is when he's in college, and it happens all the time. In college. It must happen all the time because he wakes up and uh, he's on a couch in this like nice house, <laughs> and uh, like across from him in the chair is just this, like, old man who's just livid, just, like, fuming, like, sipping his morning coffee, just, like, looking at Jeff yeah. eye to eye. Right. And I guess this is, like, it turns out this is, like, the seventh kid. <laughs> like, I don't know why this old, this old man doesn't lock his door or something like that. <laughs> he's just so fucking pissed. But what's even better, he's, like, a uh, professor or yeah. something like that. What's best is, like, the wife of the old man is, like, just wake him up. And get right. him out of here. Like, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Do you, but he's like, no, no, I want to be here when he wakes up. I, <laughs> I want, I want to talk to him. Yeah, you know, know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like an animal. You just got to shoo it out of there. You know, like a fucking like. All right, this <laughs> raccoon got in here again. Don't freak out. Just shoo him out. He just wants to eat something. You should do. I wonder if you could do that with like if you actually call if you had a drunk in your house and you called pest <laughs> removal and you didn't you didn't you didn't say anything before they show up. You're like, yeah, well he's right. on the couch. I think a, a broom should be able to take care of all those situations. <laughs> that is funny, actually. That did happen to me recently. Uh, speak to sum up your whole white privilege and uh, thing. Like the building we live in now here in Los Angeles. They're basically turning into in a hotel, you know. It's like they do Airbnb, they do short rental, they do like okay. short monthly releases. So I never know who's coming in, who's coming out. And this woman walked into our apartment the other day, and we had it unlocked too. We I had it unlocked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have it unlocked when we live there, just because if I go to throw something down the garbage chute, but you, you can lock yourself out pretty easily. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I'm a big believer in unlocked uh, places. You know, I, I think crime is, is not quite as bad right. as people believe. Yeah, yeah. Nick Vatterot, who lives in our building, thinks we're insane for doing this. And he kind of got proven right a little <laughs> bit here because this woman yeah. randomly walked in into our apartment. Yeah. And she was obviously, I mean, drunk high or something. She was, she was something. Drunk. She was definitely something. Okay. You know, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and say drunk to make it more fun. And uh, I was yeah. in the bathroom. I just heard a door open like, coming in. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Then I heard Aaron like scream, like, get out of here. And I'm like, then I like get out, you know, and like, I look out and she's, <laughs> and she finally goes back into the hallway. And like, I locked the door and she's trying to get back in. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, and like, uh, and she was this black woman. And I'll say, I'll say that was the important part of the story. I'm like, get out of here, you know, well, like, whatever. You can't just walk in, you know, get the hell out of here. And then, uh, it turns out she told in her drunken ways that she was locked out. She was in Airbnb or like next door or something, you know, you know, okay. so I'm like, I, you know, I'll call down for you, but I don't, I don't have a key here. You know I mean? Like there's nothing I can, there's nothing yeah. I can do for you, you know, but, yeah. but then I'm not the exactly, superintendent. Right. And it's like, it's at midnight, you know? And then, and then she starts. Yeah. So now, now, now she starts like screaming and now she's getting irrational. She's just screaming. We're having a screaming argument through the door, which is always great. You know, <laughs> it's really great. And she's like, what, you don't think I could live here? Like, she's because, like, like, she starts pulling one of those things. Like, you don't think I could leave here that I okay. can't afford to live here or something like that? And I'm like, no, I know you don't live here because I live here. You're trying to be my, I, I know I don't have another roommate. You were literally inside yeah. my apartment. <laughs> like, you lose all benefit <laughs> of the doubt when you walk inside. You know, when you just break in or just roll, yeah. roll in or whatever it was. It, it, 
But ma'am, it's not an income thing, too. I, I live here. I, I know, know what I exactly. make. Exactly. This place is a dump. And then she, I, then she yelled out what she paid, which is funny. I'm like, well, you're kind of getting ripped off by these Airbnbs because I pay way less than that. <laughs> so I could, now I actually feel bad for you for a little bit for that. But I love her claiming that. Anyway. Um, so that was a uh, that, that 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 is always like a like, yeah, like you said, the white privilege and the rolling of the dice of like oh boy, I hope I hope they're cool with it. Yeah, you never. I mean, so I'm sure if we were to Google that like drunk walk into mm-hmm. wrong house, you'd find like ten articles of people just getting straight up <laughs> shot. Like you know, like for yeah, example, yeah, for sure, Dallas, Texas, not as good of a city to just walk in drunk. <laughs> right. not, not as good as know, Malibu. Like, where, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You want to look at gun ownership rates, <laughs> and like that's kind of your judge for how carefully you got to pay it right down yeah, that address. I mean, bad you things know? happen when you <laughs> like you're in Hollywood. Hollywood probably an okay city for like just opening up doors and checking. <laughs> out, <you laughs> yeah, peering in here, open minded okay, people. This you, bad you know. situation. Turn around. Try the next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One door opens, another door right, shuts. Yeah. Places like Texas, know? they're hoping you come in with something like that. Now, Sean. Uh, speaking of strangers, let's uh, finish one. I remember you have you. This is. I remember your stranger story you told about when you uh, you were in Cleveland and involved uh, one of your favorite things, a disaster drink, and it was a blizzard going on. And you uh, wound up drinking with a couple guys from Houston, was it? It was Houston. They were accountants, and uh, this was uh, this was probably one of the crazier nights I had in Chicago, just drinking with these accountants. I knew a coworker mm-hmm. of theirs, and he invited me out for happy hour, and I was like, uh, I, you know, um, maybe, because I had to meet these other friends that were visiting in town. And he's like, well, you know, the company's paying you know, he's like, you'll be able to drink right. for free. You know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, okay, you know, I'll go there. I'll have a couple drinks there. And um, how drunk can I get? It's yeah. accountants, you know. And then I'll meet up with my buddies. And it was like one of the biggest miscalculations <laughs> of my life. Like these accountants drank <laughs> like no group I had ever. I mean, I'm a stand-up yeah. comic, yeah. you know. And I still don't know if I've seen people who drink like accountants that just finished. Yeah, season. like <laughs> they just hilarious. go, they just go nuts. It's like Santa you know? after Christmas. Like, listen, we got I yeah. said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I waited all year totally. for this moment. I had to work all around the world. It's finally over. Time to let loose. April 6th. So this is April yeah. 16th, basically. Yeah. Uh, the two guys from Houston, like, flew into the wrong city. So this is all pre-9-11. Like, they just boarded the wrong plane. <laughs> land, in, land in Cleveland. <laughs> they work for my buddy's company. And they can't get out of Cleveland because okay. of this blizzard. So, like, they're just stuck in Cleveland. They're just, like, drinking. I'm like, oh, my God. These two that, are hilarious. I mean, yeah, that you is... Know? <laughs> We, and we forget that about, like, you and I are, are older than probably most of our listeners. What, what listeners won't be able to fathom is pre-9-11, and this is why all business trips were, were first class pre-9-11, because 90% of people were on the wrong fucking flight, <laughs> just drunk out of their mind. And it was music to our ears, too. Sometimes, like, it wasn't that yeah. bad. I'm in the wrong city, flight delays. These are things, like, thank God. Now I can, I can yeah. have absolutely... Tiling on, on with no repercussions whatsoever. What can I do? So we're getting, yeah, like the, my, uh, so it's my buddy, Jay, and like these two guys from Houston, and we're just getting loaded. And like, of course, I'm like best friends mm-hmm. with these two guys from Houston. I, I, to this day, I don't know their name. I don't know if I ever <laughs> learned it that night. 
And uh, like we right. agree, we're not going to go anywhere without each other. You know, like the company, their company is closing up the happy hour tab. I think they were like, hey, all right, if we if we leave this tab open any longer, like we're going to lose the company. <laughs> yeah, like like not financially sure. on the tab, but like three of these assholes right. are kill themselves. You know. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I got to be my other buddies. There used to be this bar called Have a Nice Day Cafe. I'm like, I got to meet my other buddies there. I you guys want to nice join? Day. And um, we go outside. It's a blitz. It's like five degrees. These guys from Houston aren't dressed at all. I later looked up. Five degrees is the coldest day on record in Houston history. <laughs> so yeah. like, these guys were experiencing. <laughs> I mean, it's just a random Saturday in Cleveland, but like it's sure. the coldest day they could have ever. Took out their entire felt. power grid last year, right? When it got when it got cold. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and that was like right. thirty degrees. Yeah, that was, you know? absolutely. That was an inch of snow. <laughs> that is like. Real quickly, being from the Midwest, that is the closest we get to like almost like a justice boner is when we get to laugh at southern cities <laughs> right. that are wiped out by like an inch of snow. Like, because everyone's, mm-hmm. I'm from Cleveland originally, everyone's always laughing at Cleveland. But then, like, when we see that like the National Guard is activated <laughs> in Atlanta because an inch of snow <laughs> fell, like, we just, we, <laughs> we can't get enough of that shit, you know? So we're, we're walking down to this bar, having a nice day cafe, and there's like a line mm-hmm. to get in. It was like a really popular. Like, yeah, it's, like a, club. it's like a franchise clubby thing. It's, they're pretty big. They had it one, is, yeah. It yeah, doesn't. They had exist one in Pittsburgh anymore. and Baltimore. Um, I remember I've been. Yeah, I think it actually started in Pittsburgh. But um, anyhow, there's a line, and like we're waiting in line, and like the, the, you know, the Houston. I kept calling them Space City, you know, and Space mm-hmm. City. Those two. <laughs> um, they like they're not going to wait. Yeah, no, and, absolutely not. Uh, they, they like signal us to the top. We get up there. They pay off the bouncer. We go right in. And uh, I remember like we just we die laughing. They spent like 300 bucks. This is in like 1999 to in get Cleveland, into this Ohio, fucking awful club. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like you could 300. You could have got us in here right. for $20, <laughs> you know, but whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, let me at least buy the, the first round after you guys did that. And I go up and I'm I'm loaded. I'm like, I'm I'm this is maybe. Like top five at this point in my life, it's probably the drunkest I've ever been in my life at mm-hmm. this point in my life. And I'm like, I'm in pretty bad shape here. And I run into my buddies who we're supposed to meet up with, and they're like, let's do a shot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't, you know. And they're like, come on, yeah. come on. I'm like, all right, make it easy. And and I don't know why I would think they would do that. Um, they of course order one fifty one for sure. Cardi, <laughs> nice easy shot. Maybe some warm <laughs> milk and a little a hint of sambuca or something. <laughs> yeah, I and have a nice day. They're coming in plastic cups as it is. It's 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 going to be hard. That's hilarious. Sorry. So you get, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why I thought that would be yeah. a good idea, and why I thought they well, would course, obey that right. request. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the people I hang out with, you know. So you got 151 coming at you. So I got 151. I, it goes down the hatch. I immediately – it's like one of those things you immediately have to throw mm-hmm. up. And like you know it. Uh, like so I just run towards the exit. You know, like they're all mm-hmm. laughing at like the top of their lungs. Like it's the most hilarious thing they've ever seen. And uh, I go running towards the door because I knew I couldn't make it to the bathroom. So I go running towards the door and I go to like knock – the door open because it was like I remember it being a heavy door, but like the like one of the bouncers sees me, he just opens the door for me, so I like just fly out <laughs> <laughs> and I go airborne. I mean, it looked like like one of those movies where they like uh, give you the yeah. actual bum rush, you know, like right. throw. <laughs> so I go flying, and 
I hit, like I go airborne and I just hit head first into this like uh, concrete flower uh-huh. pot. Outside the building or into and the bathroom, you're saying they open the door? No, this is on the other side uh, of the sidewalk. Side, so I go airborne I across the Jazz sidewalk. Style, and before right. landing in the street, like I basically, I, it was like a bird that didn't mm-hmm. see a window. <laughs> I just hit like this, this concrete flower right. pot. Just start bleeding and I vomit and I'm just like like collapsed there. <laughs> and my favorite part of the story is not a single person got out of line. <laughs> <laughs> they go, yeah, if anything, oh, this is somewhere I want to go. Give me, give me off the ante. Oh, Jesus, well, this is gonna be a good night. It must be they they must have a good drink special going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I wake up like in. Uh, I'm in like a kitchen I've never mm-hmm. seen before, and there's all these chairs around me. Now I later found out they were worried I would vomit while yeah. I was sleeping, so they thought by placing chairs around me, I I couldn't uh, turn over onto my back. <laughs> that's good. That's good drunk logic right there. Put yeah, great, put an obstacle course logic, around you know? him. He'll eventually <laughs> he'll eventually trip himself up into consciousness. If ever you know, sure he might cause more damage, but he won't be any you know he won't go quietly. <laughs> that's he'll be alive. He'll, what we don't want is him to go quietly. So these are the these are the accountants that they set you up and brought brought you back. These are great guys. They're great guys, and um, so I wake up. I uh, I go to the mirror. Everyone else is sleeping. I don't want to wake everyone. I'm thinking, you know what? I was I was probably a high maintenance Mm -hmm. house guest last night, so I'm going (laughs) to let them sleep. (laughs) And I go. uh, I look at myself in the mirror, and I just have like this giant uh bruise and welt that uh, has like uh you can tell it was a cut that's like right. scabbed over where mm-hmm. i hit my head you know it looks bad but i'm like ah well you know the good news is my clothes look okay cuz i'm i'm running late for a oh, job of course interview. of course so you I have leave, a I... job interview the next day that's why you were <laughs> fleeing the bar so quickly and you wanted a light shot <laughs> yeah. please give me a light shot i have a job interview <laughs> in the morning <laughs> I leave a note, which I would have loved to seen their reaction. It would be great to run into these guys again because the note I leave is like, "Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> sorry if I was sorry if I was a lot of work last night. Appreciate you getting me home <laughs> safe. Would say goodbye, but, but I, I have a job yeah. interview. Wish also, me luck. <laughs> you're my second reference. I put down. <laughs> if you can remind me of your name again. <laughs> Two accountants from Have a Nice Day can vouch for me. <laughs> that I will get to bed at a timely hour if need be. So I go to this job interview, and um, first of all, you you could tell that the probably not a good sign for a job interview. Like the first three people's like reaction to me was like, "Whoa, are you sure you want to do <laughs> this?" <laughs> when they ask you if okay? you want, I think I was asked, yeah. "Are you okay?" Four times. <laughs> you sure sure you don't want to reschedule? <laughs> Why? I'm here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, you're technically here, but a lot of you is falling in the hallway as well. You're a little too here. You're bleeding everywhere. Open wounds in a job interview. So, like, and I didn't have, uh, I was cynical about me getting this job back when I was planning to interview without a head. You know, so I'm like, I don't know if this is going well. (laughs) So I, you know, I start kind of like, I'm like. Kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm dicking around with them, but I'm like just not yeah. caring, you know, yeah. at all. So like, but I didn't want to tell them how I actually injured my head. So I would give each person like just a different excuse off the top uh-huh. of my head. 
You know, like I told one guy I was in a car accident. I told told another guy I was like fixing a computer and it shocked me and I hit my head on a desk <laughs> and uh, which did what, happen to me. What once. was his job story, interview for, by the way? Was this Lady Footlocker? She said that'd be great. No, I'm this was this, so. This is when I was starting to get okay, into. I, fi- computers. I figured it was a, this a, is, no, um, a good, a serious job interview. Yeah. Yes. This was for I was I was actually going to do do Y two K consulting. Um, How to for, avert disasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was to so save society. So anyway, a computer CJ. shocked me and I rammed my head on it. <laughs> Cut me open. And the the last guy, uh, which is a story that I thought was true about Plato. I told I, I said so I said a bird dropped a rock on my head. You said head. a bird Dropped That's how you justified this cut on your head during this interview for YTK. I, don't know. I right. just wanted to bring it up because I, I want because I would I was really going for is I wanted to bring up an interesting story about how because everyone would always whenever I interviewed for computer jobs they would always ask well you're a philosophy <laughs> major and I was like you know what I'll tie this all together because that's how that's Plato how Plato done, done. okay you know. Uh, and uh, he was like, "What? I never knew that. I, I never heard that." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know they they teach it to philosophy majors like day first sick, first sick we get into is Plato died because a rock was dropped on his head." Now I later learned, and I, I honestly thought mm-hmm. that was true when I said it to him, which I think this is this this interview would have never been possible in a post Google environment. <laughs> Half your life wouldn't be possible. Half the avenues you've yeah. taken. This, this is so. This is nineteen ninety nine. This whole podcast Pre-Google, wouldn't be you know, possible. I could, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I tell him that it, he finds it fascinating. We end up. He, he offers me a job because you know, of like this story. He just, like liked talking to me. And what is it? A, a bird dropped you know. a rock on Plato's head. So what? What it turns out, I got Plato and I think Aeschylus confused. It was a. It, there was a Greek playwright who did okay. die that way. Who lived at about the same okay. time as Plato? But I got the people right. wrong, you know. <laughs> so I was a little, I was a little All bit right. close on that. Not as know? wrong as you think I am. One of your favorite, fun, yeah. favorite catchphrases. Story mm-hmm. of my life. So he offers the job uh, to me, and I like I I bring that up sometimes when I I still bring that story up sometimes when I talk to like people mm-hmm. my age that they're like, man. These millennials, like they have to bring their parents, like on job interviews. Like they don't, none of them yeah. know how to work. You know, like they don't want a job. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I mean, like also, we had such a like. If you're my age and you graduated from college in the late 1990s, we had such a hot job market that like we didn't have to like like they were throwing yeah, yeah, yeah. jobs at us. And I, like I and I use that story like the job market in the 1990s for computers was so hot. <laughs> That you could interview with an open head wound. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd like to tweet that a little. Sean Flannery could interview with an open head wound and make up a story about, yeah, that's how Plato died. Common knowledge. <laughs> Rock dropped on his head from a bird. Or was it a turtle? Was, was it a turtle? Uh, was, sometimes you call it a turtle. It was a turtle. It, it, with, well, with, I think it was Aeschylus, in, in fact, but it was a turtle. So I guess that's how uh, eagles will kill turtles, is they take mm-hmm. them up in the air and they drop them on rocks. And this Greek playwright, or as I told it to this Plato, manager, Plato, philosopher, you know, a sure. bald guy. He's outside a lot. So that to an eagle, that looks like a rock. And it oh, just bald Plato right looked like a rock. Head. Oh, dude, I I, I love those uh, those unconfirmed mysterious deaths of like Plato. 
Oh, they're all great. And all those people died that way. Alexander Great. I love how Alexander Great, they say anything from poisoning to a hangover <laughs> to stabbing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> there's so many crazy conspiracies oh, about man. it. You know? yeah. Your Houdinis, Bob Barley. It's just, just like, it's like, it could be anything. Yeah, even right. in recent times. Like we, <laughs> we don't know. There's like 10 different things, 10 different ways. I mean, he was living a That's life. You know? So he got the job thanks to strangers and accountants, I'd say. I got the job due to those that's strangers. Amazing. Yes. Well, so that's the, the positive power yep, of strangers. I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up. So go ahead, have a drink. And uh, a stranger is just a friend you haven't had a drink with yet. That is a perfect way to become open mess. Perfect. And that's going to wrap it up for today's Blackout Diaries. I'm Sean Flannery. I'm CJ Sullivan. Thank you to Neanne Ortiz, of course. And uh, Yes, and remember, the live mm. show is every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge. 10 p.m. Do stop by if you're in Chicago and please like and subscribe yeah, to our and podcast. Find Sean's tweet. Do not follow him and keep him happy. <laughs> <laughs>